Hello, 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 and welcome. No, it is not Margaret Thatcher on the line from the dead. It is me, Dante. Welcome to Prosecco and the Ponderings of a Politicized Penis. You are most welcome. I come to you today with the delicious Percy, but we won't get to him yet. Um, first of all, I would like to tell you that it's the middle of fucking winter here. And today, I this morning, I put a bottle of wine on my balcony just to see how deep the snow would get. And it's covered in snow. That is how much it snowed in the last day. And now I lost my bottle of wine, which makes me sad. But it is what it is. Anyway, uh, I am here with Mabesti Dante, who is the tea bag to my coffee pot. Oh, hello everyone. That is me. I am Percy. And I am here with my old friend Dante. That I actually don't know for that long yet, but well, he's old. So there we go. We will start with the obligatory beginning of our podcast, and that is a mystery minute. So, Percy. Whoop, 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 whoop. I need you to tell me and why. Milkmaid versus Stable Boy. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a good one. Uh, milkmaid versus Stable Boy, both. <laughs> but, okay, what, what if they don't want to? Oh, well, they're God's both but after each other. They're both but after each other. Um, okay, no, I'm not that sexually frustrated. Um, maybe. <laughs> Um, when it comes to the cliche of like the imagery of like the milkmaid or the stable boy, I would probably veer to the stable boy. But yeah, no, I stick with both, preferably at the same time. Excellent. Tell me more. <laughs> the same time. Have you ever had sex with a man and a woman at the same time? I did, yes. It was confusing. Yeah, I can imagine. What are the logistics? Yeah, the logistics were just, I mean, cool, nice. I enjoyed it, but confusion, a lot of confusion. But I'm also not a big fan of uh, like multiple people at the same time in general. I found out over time. Um, but yeah. Well, that is uh, inadvertently an excellent segue over to what we're talking about today which is monogamy versus non-monogamous relationships, also called open relationships. So you were saying that you uh, are not a big fan of the threesome, but what's your opinion on the idea of monogamy versus uh, open relationships? Um, I am all for monogamy. I am not a huge fan of open relationships. Um, like being true and stick to the relationship is like my one big thing in relationships because otherwise just just don't do it and have like a friends with benefits kind of situation where you just whore around. That's not me. Um, if I commit to a relationship, I commit fully and therefore be in a monogamy type kind of relationship. But what I do get is not just open relationships, but uh, polyamory so when you're actually in love with multiple people and you within that group then have a close relationship 
but it's just a close relationship, not between two people, but between three or four people. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel that Percy's just like thrown the sort of the, the topic bomb <laughs> into this conversation. This just raised like 5,000 issues. Okay, great. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I, I would like to be non-monogamous. I, I mean, I'd like to be okay with it, but I'm a jealous little cunt and I am not okay with being uh, in an open relationship because I just get very jealous. Theoretically though, I, I mean, I'm quite able to differentiate between sex and love uh, when I'm single uh, with some <clears throat> meaning <laughs> different things to other sex. But at the same time, in a relationship, I kind of feel like I'd like to be able to make that differentiation, but I can't. Um, yeah, I did actually have an open relationship for a, well, I mean, it was it was open for about three or four months until I was like, I can't do this any longer. And then my ex was so pissed off. He's like, fine, but you can sleep with whoever you like, trying to get the moral high ground. It just led to me fucking around for like eight more months and him not being allowed to, which definitely makes me out to be a dick. But um, it does. No, he was definitely the dick in this relationship. He just spent like a year pressuring me into an open relationship, which isn't. It was not the best relationship. Full stop. Um, but I was young. It's a long time ago. Fuck, it's a long time ago. Anyway, um, but theoretically, I quite like the idea of open relationships. But I also think that. It's like having a relationship, like it's, it's a lot of time investment and like you spend a lot of time with the person. It's like if you're then, and dating is also a lot of time. I just don't think you really have time to have an open relationship. I mean, it just, it just feels like, yeah, I don't know. Don't have time for an open relationship, I think it's, it's quite the interesting argument because in an open relationship doesn't mean that you have to sleep with at least like three different people each week, right? <laughs> and you do have time to have at least like one different sexual partner each month or so. You would find the time for that if you wanted. But yeah, I just, I just don't want to be in one. No, I, I don't want to either. That's my point. I just conceptually, I think it would be nice. <laughs> but... But I conceptually, I also much prefer monogamy. I think it's much better. I just think that this differentiation, this decoupling of sex and love does make sense. Um, but you then also raise this really other interesting talks about polyamory. And that's, I find, a much more difficult concept to grasp. Um, or I don't find it much more difficult to grasp. I just think it's so hard to imagine a polyamorous relationship which doesn't bring jealousy about. Yeah, for, for me personally, I, I agree. I just, I just raised it as like that, that way for people who rather tend to the uh, monogamy side and not the open relationship side to have maybe a concept where, where that still kind of works because it's still a closed-off relationship just between more than two people, which I think highly, highly interesting, but yeah. I think you're specific, referring to a very specific type of polyamory though, all in one relationship. Most polyamorous people are not, it's not, 
Each person can have other partners, but those partners are not necessarily together. That's what most polyamorous people are in, right? I don't know about most, but but also a lot, yes. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's why I raise it with with that topic because I do think that's that's an added layer to that whole topic of of jealousy and open relationships and what does that even mean? Because at that point, it's not a different topic; it's kind of the same. Because then you have the whole question about sex and love and how do you how is it the same or not? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Like being in the thruple or in like a, a, I don't think I've really ever heard of four people being in a relationship um, or five, but um, if you have like a thruple, for me, that's a, that can also be a monogamous relationship. And I think jealousy is a much less of an issue there. Um, I think that can be like power dynamics within the relationship, which can be unhealthy, but I think you have that in couples as well. Um, but I do think that in other polyamorous relationships, jealousy is really much more likely to come about um, mm. than in a in a in an open relationship. Because in an open relationship, which is done well, you're decoupling sex, right? And you, you're saying that it's okay. But in a polyamorous relationship, you're also decoupling commitment and love and future and everything. It's like that person, like is also completely dependent with someone else. And I find that that really difficult to get my head around. Yeah, I, I can't really imagine living in like that kind of setup with the people around me. And I do think I'm way too jealous of that, or I would be. But it raises exactly that question, right? If you decouple love from sex, you can have an open relationship. But when you then also kind of fall in love with the person you're sleeping with, then in a polyamorous setting, then the jealousy will obviously spike with the other partners you're meeting up with. What would you do if your partner said, I want an open relationship? Stop the relationship. Really? You wouldn't just say no? Well, of course I would, like... <laughs> First conversation, no, first conversation, of course, I would be like, no, I don't want to. But in the context of like the partner really going to the extremes here, the partner really wants one, keeps talking about bringing, bringing it up again and again and again. <laughs> and just like in a scenario, bring it up again and again. And it's just like the partner wants it, full, full stop. That's the point. He doesn't accept your no or whatever. The partner wants it. In that scenario, I would end the relationship. I wouldn't agree to it. That's so interesting that you wouldn't sort of just not agree to it and then let him decide whether to split up with you or stay on the relationships in those terms, that you would do the splitting up, even though nothing has changed. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, I think that topics for now is at least done. Um, maybe we can have a future episode where we go more into like polyamory and different relationship types and a bit more into detail into different options there but for now um i have something else a bit more actually current and political to talk uh, to you about Ooh, political as, we don't do that yes, right as <laughs> we don't do it as often as we should maybe um as the new president of the united states of america joe biden what just a new president <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I thought that would arrive even under your rock. Um, no, um, he just undid something that um, the, the orange clown did while he was still president. Um, he allowed transgender soldiers back in the army. And I just wanted to know if you think is that good? Is that understandable? Why, why the rule change? And just like your general opinion on that, I just thought it's a very interesting topic. Uh, my opinion is that the army is for men uh, and that the more masculine uh, they are, the better, because I love toxic masculinity. No, I'm just kidding. Um, of, of course, I... And now you serious opinion. <laughs> so I... Um... No, I, I, anyone who wants- You do like a man in uniform. I mean, I don't, I'm not opposed. Particularly, I've realized, um, less the sort of like the army clad, like the sort of the, the, the green and thingy. I do quite like a sailor. <laughs> um, I think I'm much more of the sort of like the, 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 the military at sea man, as it were. Although I think a pilot, Probably also not not too shabby. Um, anyway, uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking not about men in uniform, but uh, or at least not cis men in uniform. Ooh, debatable. Yeah. <laughs> what? We're not. We're explicitly not talking about cis men uh, in uniform. We're talking about other people in uniform. And of course, I think that anyone who would like to be part of the military and serve their country in that way uh, should be allowed to. And the state needs to make uh, provisions for that. I get that it's it's uh, more difficult, for instance, uh, having women's part of the military because you need separate bathrooms um, or biologically they maybe can't carry as much or whatever. Um, but those are logistical issues which uh, <laughs> the military needs to work out. Um, and uh, that's absolutely no different to having um, trans people uh, in the military. And I would definitely say that um, it's a great thing that Biden has done to, to repeal that executive order of Trump, but it, it, it's not something which can just be repealed, right? It also lives off a culture of acceptance within the military. Exactly. Yeah, that's a point that I immediately had in my mind that um, all the logistics you can work out. I mean, women are part of the military for many years now, which is good because they should have the same opportunity there as men. Um, so you can sort all those logistics out. What I worry about a little bit, which is in no way meant as a reason to not allow transgender to join the military, but what I worry about is just how they, how their safety from like bullying or just like the structure of the military itself, the toss, toxic masculinity within the military, how they can be slightly like protected against it and what measures are there to to battle those like locker room and mili cliche military atmospheres that would be probably quite aggressive towards transgender I mean, as ex-military myself <laughs> i do know sorry, i do I'm sorry. know you can make your valid point in a second but could you please for our darling listeners state Qualify a little bit of what you mean by ex-military. 
Two weeks, two weeks, two months? Yeah, somewhere in between there. <laughs> I joined I joined the Navy. Ooh, maybe. Like one <laughs> I still have the uniform. Oh You're not allowed to see me in it because I don't want to be the okay. star of your wet dreams. Oh, um I was gonna lend it to your boyfriend. <laughs> Okay, um, good, good to know. Um, no, I was in the Navy until I um, got injured and was sent home. So I was officially part of the military for six months, but actually there in person, I was for six weeks. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so as an expert. coming. As expert. Again. Mm-hmm. Go exactly, as ex-military, because my valid point still counts, yeah. I did witness firsthand on what level the, the communication works in the military and how misogynist it already is, how homophobe it already is, and I can't even imagine how transphobe it must be. So even if it was just a short time, I can have a first-hand report that it's not a nice environment. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I, I completely believe you. I would also say though, this is not meant as shame, but it is a while since you were in the military, right? It's been a solid 10, 11 years. And if my understanding of the military uh, in Germany is correct, a lot has happened in those last uh, 10, 11 years uh, in terms of work which has been done for acceptance, for tolerance, uh, for, for queer people, and also for women in the military. But I also am aware that there's still a long way to go. Yeah, I, I agree a lot has been done. Uh, some big thing has changed um, back then, the military every year um, got like everyone who just finished school or uh, turned 18 to join the military for a fixed amount of time. And they went away with that. And now it's, it's just as a job, right? So it, this is just my assumption, but beforehand you had a little bit more of a mixed pool of people there because so many people just went there because they kind of like had to. Uh, now it's it's more of a concrete choice to go to the military. So my assumption, not based on, on anything than what I feel could be right, um, is that the tone may be shifted slightly towards the negatives there and you now have to do more with those tolerance projects and stuff like that. Because, yeah, I think that when you just have people who want to go there, it might change again a little bit. Um, I see what you're saying. Although um, that system of military service had an easy opt-out, right? I mean, most people I know didn't go to the military. Most people did civil service instead. Um, so there was already a, a, a much fewer people going to the military who have a sort of back 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago uh, were maybe more comfortable with topics like uh, queer topics. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that's, I mean, I think it's it's such, I mean, Biden has only just come into power and already things are getting better in the US. It's just so, 
it, it's just wonderful. Um, and now from uh, military uniforms uh, to German corner, um, completely non-relationship uh, uh, segue there. What's a non-relationship segue? I don't know, I guess it's the last one. Um, today, we're gonna introduce you to a word, which is a word we both despise, and it's called Impfgegner. Oh yes, that beautiful, melodious German word, Impfgegner. Uh, you can also pronounce it as if you came from the east of Germany, Impfgegner. <laughs> oh, yeah, beautiful. Um, what yes, is it's a horrible, horrible word. Yeah, a Impfgegner is the German word for anti-vaxxers, basically. So someone who's against... That boo was justified. Uh, so someone who's against vaccinations. And, and we chose that word... First of all, we wanted to bring a little bit of like German culture, German words into our podcast. And we chose that word because um, just at the word itself, it says so much more than just your anti-vaxxers because it says Impfgegner and the German word Gegner means enemy. So there's a much stronger, like we're not just against it, we're not a fan of it, we don't want it. It's actually, we fight it. We are the enemies of vaccinations. And I think um, it's not just a horrendous word, it describes, I don't want to say horrendous people, but some, some I did want to say that. And yeah, it's, it's quite a brutal word. Impfgegner are the worst. I mean, at the moment, it's not the worst, like anti-Semitic trolls and terrorists are the worst. But, um, but on, at the situation that we're in, global pandemic, all that shit, um, Impfgegner, anti-vaxxers, uh, I mean, it's a bit like domestic terrorism. Don't quote me on that to, to, a, to a terrorist. Um, they'd be a bit upset. Uh, but uh, I, I do think it's really problematic. And I, I went on a date a couple of weeks ago with someone who then came out as like, yeah, I don't like vaccinations. And I was like, oh my God, why am I spending time with you? Like I'm breathing the same air that you, I mean, luckily we were outside. It was not the same air we were breathing. Um, I just, I just don't get it. It's just like, it's the simple solution to this problem. And there are these people like, hey, maybe not. I say that now when I say as you know, vaccinations turn people turns people into autists or they turn out gay after they got a vaccination. Who says that? I've literally never heard anyone. I've never heard anyone say that you get a vaccination and you turn out gay. You turn out gay, or you get autism, or uh, the autism thing. You, just... you get a learning disability. No, no, gay is is within the mix of stuff that you get from from vaccinations. Okay. And who would want that, right? Mm, so does that mean I can just? But hang on. I mean, I'm loving this. I'm just gonna like take my uh, BioNTech uh, syringe out with me on the town. And be like, hello. <laughs> Bend over. You're into me now. The vaccination first. Um, yeah, excellent. Love it. Okay. I think. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I don't think. I think, therefore, I am. No, I don't think. Therefore, I am not. Um, we have audience questions. 
Yes, we do. Uh, that Dennis makes me happy. From Dallas, Dennis from Dallas, uh, wrote in to us, didn't tweet at us, private messaged us on Twitter, but thanks for the shy question anyway, Dennis from Dallas. Now, Dennis was impressed with our episode where we talked about having sex with fruit. I uh, enjoyed the banana versus mango debate. Um, thank you for the positive feedback. Um, and thank you, Dennis. No, what savory options we would maybe recommend. <laughs> wow, okay. Oh, oh, oh Dennis. Um, sure. I once had a friend called Dennis. He, he had a bit of a dirty mind too. Um, Anyway, I don't think it's the same one though. Um, okay, savory options. Well, there's so much, is there not? I mean, the classic would be a sausage or a cucumber. Um, a cucumber, who would do that? Um, but I think much more interesting are things like macaroni cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but be careful when you heat it up. You don't want to get any burns. That's true. Or maybe you do. No. Um, what do we think of a savoury muffin? Savoury muffin? Savoury muffin? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, I mean, instead of American pie, the, the cliche due to the film, you could have like a quiche. <laughs> That's definitely the posh version of American pie, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think the quiches I make tend to be a little bit sort of harder. Um, but that's why I think- uh, I do for that matter. Well, I, I guess, I guess. Um, but also flaky pastry. I, I'm not sure I'm on board with the quiche. Um, but yes, I, I uh, also, I don't think macaroni cheese would work. I'm taking back the macaroni. Dan, no, Dan. I thought you were Dan. You're Dennis, aren't you? Dennis, I don't think we've provided you with very good solutions yet. Um, I think we can do better. I don't think we can do better. We may have to come back to you on this, um, Dennis. You know what? We're going to do some research. And by research, I mean we're going to, we're going to go into our kitchen. I can already hear my, my, my refrigerator screaming out in terror. And we're going to do some homework. We'll come back next week and we'll tell you what we think. Okay? Listen back in next week, listeners, for our savoury savory food sex options. And on that, join us again next episode to Drink and Digress. I'm Dante. I'm Percy. Bye! Bye.